1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1, And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were come to Shechem to make him king. All of the leaders of Israel came to Shechem. They should have gone to the temple in Jerusalem that Rehoboam's father had built, but that temple represented the tribe of Judah, namely, and he wanted to make sure that all of Israel was behind him, so he went to a neutral area, which was the old place where the tabernacle used to be, and that was Shechem. The tabernacle was no longer there. They really should have anointed him in front of the temple, but by anointing him in Shechem, it would help him feel that all of Israel was behind him. 2. And it came to pass when Jeroboam the son of Nebat heard of it, for he was yet in Egypt, whither he had fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt. 3. And they sent and called him, that Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came, and spoke unto Rehoboam, saying, Now Jeroboam has been told by the Lord that he will be the king of Israel. Rehoboam will be king of Judah. So Jeroboam kind of intercepted this anointing of Rehoboam, Solomon's son. He came out of Egypt to attend. And this is what he says, Jeroboam with a J. For thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke, which he put upon us lighter, and we will serve thee. Jeroboam with a J is saying, If you, Rehoboam, do not make us do endless building projects like your father did, then we'll serve you. 5. And he said unto them, Depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. Rehoboam, Solomon's father, told everybody to depart for three days. And what he's saying is, Let me have three days to come up with an answer. 6. And King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men that had stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, saying, What counsel give ye me to return answer to this people? These are the old, wiser generation that he's asking first. 7. They spoke unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and wilt serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. The older, wiser generation of courtiers is telling him, You need to present yourself as helping them, and then they will help you. Do what Jeroboam is asking, and promise the people that they won't have to do these endless building projects. 8. But he forsook the counsel of the old men which they had given him, and took counsel with the young men that were grown up with him that stood before him. He didn't like what he heard the older men saying. He should have listened to them, but he didn't like what they said. So then he asked the younger courtiers, who were his own age. 9. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may return answer to this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke that thy father did put upon us lighter? 10. And the young men that were grown up with him spoke unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou say unto this people that spoke unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus shalt thou speak unto them. My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. The younger courtiers are telling Rehoboam to be hard on the people and say, I'm going to make you work harder than my father made you work. And it will be using this phrase, my little finger is thicker than my father's loins. There's a couple of ways you can read this. 
your loins are your private area where you have children, which is like your pelvic region. So he could be saying his little finger is thicker than his father's waistline. But it sounds more to me like it's a vulgar expression because your loins are where you have your reproductive organs. And the younger generation is usually more vulgar in their speech. So what I think they're saying is, tell the people my little finger is thicker than my father's penis. And he's saying, I'm going to be a lot harder on you than my father was. The idea is to make the people fear Rehoboam. But the older courtiers are saying, no, you don't want them to be afraid of you. You want them to love you. Tell them that you're going to be lighter on them, and then they will love you. And that is what Jeroboam had already warned Rehoboam. He said, if you're easier on us, then we'll serve you. 11. And now, whereas my father did burden you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke my father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Scorpions sting and they cause injury. You can recover faster from a whip than from a scorpion sting. 12. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day as the king bade, saying, Come to me again the third day. Rehoboam has had three days of counsel. He's had good counsel from the older courtiers and bad counsel from the younger courtiers. And now Jeroboam and the other Israelites have come to hear what he says. 13. And the king answered the people roughly and forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him. 14. And spoke to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. Yoke means burden or your work that you have to do. So he's saying, I'm going to add to your work. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Rehoboam is speaking just like Pharaoh spoke to the Israelites when they were slaves in Israel. When the Israelites asked him to let them go, he said, from now on, we're not going to provide the straw anymore, but you still have to put out the same quota of bricks, even though you have to find your own straw. Rehoboam is doing the same thing to the Israelites. He's saying, I'm going to make you work harder from now on because you asked for some relief. I'm going to make your life more difficult. This is exceedingly foolish on Rehoboam's part. Solomon was the wisest person on earth, and his son Rehoboam is acting like the stupidest person on earth. But remember, because of Solomon's sin, he lost his own wisdom. Therefore, he had no wisdom to impart to his son. So his son is left being an idiot. 15. So the king hearkened not unto the people, for it was a thing brought about of the Lord, that he might establish his word, which the Lord spoke by the hand of Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. God was using all of this stupidity of Rehoboam to establish Jeroboam as king over the other ten tribes, just as God said would happen. 16. And when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse to your tents, O Israel. Now see to thine own house, David. So Israel departed unto their tents. The other ten tribes refused to acknowledge Rehoboam as their new king. They all abandoned his anointing ceremony and said, Forget it, you're not our king. 17. But as for the children of Israel that dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Whichever Israelites dwelt in Judah's territory, they had to serve Rehoboam as their king, even if they were from other tribes, because they lived on the Judah's territory. 18. Then King Rehoboam sent Adram, who was over the levy, and that means he's over the taxes. And all Israel stoned him with stones, so that he died. And King Rehoboam made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem.
The king is going to go out and gather taxes. The Israelites killed his tax collector. When King Rehoboam saw that, he hightailed it up onto his chariot and rode away as fast as he could because he was afraid they were going to kill him too. 19. So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. And that's why we're now going to be reading about a long string of kings, both of Judah and of the Israelites. There will always be a king of the Israelites at the same time that there's a king of Judah, the arrival king. 20. And it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam was returned to the palace, that they sent and called him unto the congregation and made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. The ten tribes minus Judah and Levi are pronouncing Jeroboam their king. 21. And when Rehoboam was come to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, a hundred and fourscore thousand chosen men that were warriors to fight against the house of Israel, to bring the kingdom back to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Now Rehoboam is going to fight a civil war to get his kingdom back. It's not going to work. You can't go against what God has ordained. God has already told him he cannot be king over all twelve tribes, but he's going to try to fight against the Lord by fighting against his own Israelite brothers. 22. But the word of God came unto Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Here's another prophet named Shemaiah, who is going to speak to Rehoboam. 23. Speak unto Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and unto all the house of Judah, and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, 24. Thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing is of me. So they hearkened unto the word of the Lord, and returned and went their way, according to the word of the Lord. The soldiers believed what the prophet said, that God was telling them to go home and not fight their fellow Israelites, and so they all obeyed the Lord and went home. Rehoboam, his army, was dismantled by the prophet's words. 25. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and dwelt therein, and he went out from thence, and built Penuel. Jeroboam has established Shechem as his headquarters. He's going to be the king of the ten tribes, so he's rebuilding Shechem. Now Shechem was the old place where the tabernacle used to be for many years during the prophet Samuel's time. Even though the tabernacle is no longer there and the ark is no longer there either. 26. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now will the kingdom return to the house of David. 27. If this people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then will the heart of this people turn back unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam king of Judah. Jeroboam is afraid because the Ark of the Covenant is in the temple in Jerusalem, and Rehoboam has the city of Jerusalem, and he has the Levites working for him. So Jeroboam thinks that because Rehoboam has the ark and the temple and the Levites, that he's going to take the Israelite kingdom from Jeroboam. And that makes logical sense, except that it's not God's word. Jeroboam should believe what God told him, instead of trying to figure it out on his own. 28. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold, and he said unto them, Ye have gone up long enough to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now this is totally wicked. This is the stupidest thing Jeroboam could possibly do. This reminds us of when Aaron made the golden calf for the Israelites to please them because Moses was up on the mountain too long with the Lord and the Israelites were losing faith. So Aaron made them a golden calf and the golden calf represents one of the gods of the Egyptians. 
Now Jeroboam is doing the exact same thing. He's afraid that the Israelites will turn to Rehoboam because Rehoboam has the Ark of the Covenant with a real God in it in the temple. And he's saying, well, I'm going to offer you the fake God of the Egyptians again, the golden calf again, and this will be your God. And then that way you'll stay with me. This is so evil. It's just disgusting. 29, and he set the one in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. So he has two golden calves, one in Bethel and one in Dan. That way, if you live far away from Dan, you can go to the calf in Bethel and worship it. And if you live far away from Bethel, you can go to the calf in Dan and worship it. 30, and this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. The one in Dan became popular and people went there to worship it. Now Jeroboam is causing the Israelites to sin even though he is supposed to be their king. This isn't a good way to start out. 31. And he made houses of high places and made priests from among all the people that were not of the sons of Levi. So now he has false priests to serve his false gods, practicing paganism and forcing the people to practice paganism. 32. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. And he went up unto the altar. So did he in Bethel to sacrifice unto the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places that he had made. He's doing full-out paganism. He's mimicking one of the feasts of the Lord and turning it into a pagan feast. 33. And he went up unto the altar which he had made in Bethel on the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart. And he ordained a feast for the children of Israel, and went up unto the altar to offer. He's making up his own holidays against what God ordained the Israelites to do. He's building up an alternate religion to the laws and the ordinances that God gave the Israelites. This is really sick, but I want to go over the kings that we have so far. Over Judah, we have King David, who also reigned over all 12 tribes of Israel at one point during his reign. Then we had Ishbosheth, who reigned only over the tribes of Israel at one point during King David's reign. Then Ishbosheth, his kingdom was dismantled, and then David ruled over all 12 tribes. And then David's son Solomon ruled over all 12 tribes. So David and Solomon are the only two kings who reigned over all 12 tribes. None of the other kings will ever be able to say that about themselves, because Solomon's son Rehoboam only is going to reign over Judah. And then Jeroboam will be the next king of Israel who is not related to Ishbosheth. He comes from a different tribe. But he is the next king of Israel, and he also only gets to reign over ten tribes, just like Ishbosheth did. So we now have three kings from Judah and two kings from the ten tribes of Israel. And that concludes 1 Kings chapter 12.